Are you still laughing about my claiming friendship? Yeah. <laughs> podcast where we talk about things that we like. Our intro music is by my brother Ryan. I'm Eamon. I'm Charlene. And this week we will be mostly talking about, well, we went to see Colossal, the movie, in theaters. (laughs) Uh, Rock Candy Mountain from uh, Image Comics, a book written by Kyle Starks. Um, First issue came out last month, I guess. And Bullwhip from Fanagraphics. And uh, Josh Bayer, Benjamin Mara collaboration. Um, but I guess, you know, before we get into that, there were some trailers, but there was also, I don't know if you had some other stuff you wanted to um, get into. The only thing that I've really done of any consequence was finish season two of Fargo, which was amazing. And season three started last week. Can you already bring up that you... I thought you said that last time. I don't. It feels like it's been like three weeks since we recorded. But oh. In case I didn't bring it up, still good. I'm pretty sure you and, brought it up. But season three did start last week, um, which was also pretty good. Uh, a little, a little weird. You and McGregor, and uh, that uh, Midwest, some North Dakota, Minnesota accent. He's trying to pull off, but other than that, it's pretty good. <laughs> and he plays two characters, so he's in it a lot. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what did you have <laughs> besides um, the trailers, I guess? I watched that show that just dropped to Netflix called Girl Boss. Yeah, I was wondering if we were going to watch it. And then I came home after one day being at work while you were at home and you were like, I saw it. <laughs> Like, oh yeah. I didn't think that you wanted to watch it with me, so I watched I mean, it. It's, we can't watch everything together. So. I know. Um, I mean, if you want to watch it, no. I just don't think that I won't. I kind of hate the the like main protagonist. Nice. I just not enough to stop watching. But well, I, here's the thing: if I hadn't had, if Netflix her. didn't do that thing. Where it just automatically goes to the next show. I probably, or, and if I hadn't had all morning to just like let it run while I was doing other things or not doing other things, um, I probably would not have gone back to it. But just circumstances, I did watch the whole thing. I just feel like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the main character was like, had very few like redeeming qualities that made you like a person. Like I get that it was all about that kind of, she's kind of an asshole and like has to learn how to, you know, I don't know, make it in the world. (laughs) She she doesn't not be. She (laughs) she kind of, I mean, I mean maybe a little, but there's still like a lot of growing there. She's, 
kind of like everyone around her is like a really great person, kind of. And then she's just, I don't know, she figures a few things out. But anyway, she's just really self-absorbed and lacking in compassion. It was hard for me to like really buy into it. But no. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now I'm definitely not going to watch it. It was okay. It was okay. It's the kind of rousing review that really drives me to that. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to waste your time on it. Um, I did watch this. <laughs> I've been saving it and not talking to you about it. There is a 12-minute anime short um, on Netflix um, called The House of Small Cubes. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful it doesn't like the art style is very like european like yeah. french right. like i um but the director is kunio kato it's it's sort of like opens this man living alone in like a small water flooded city and he's just like in a room like built on top of a house built on top of a house built on top of a house um and then um he loses his favorite pipe and it like prompts him to go find it like through the stories of Mm -hmm. his house and stories also like memory stories. It's really beautiful and you should really watch it. No, I would have, if you told me about it, you're keeping it to yourself. seems pretty selfish. Well, kind of, I mean, I wrote all this stuff down. I kind of forgot about it for a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's well, maybe I'll like sad and beautiful and like hopeful and just wonderful. I mean, it's only 12 minutes. I'll watch it again with you if you mm-hmm. want, um, like right now. <laughs> um, well, we'll put a pin in it. We'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> and then um, for some reason I had written down that we were going to talk about like Kim Raper and Eleanor the Egret for this episode, but it, I guess it ended up well, it's not just happening. Been so long. It's been a while. Kim Raper was okay. I know. I liked Eleanor the Egret. I know you didn't like it. Yeah, it's written by the same guy who does Chew, so but it's definitely a different tone. I think it's like maybe not a different tone, but it's I don't know. I think Uh, it's the the humor seemed to be kind of missing or off. Really? I thought Uh, it was really interesting and funny and charming and almost like kind of like in the way that Bandette is cute and charming, but without that same like punch of humor that Bandette has. Yeah. Um, but it's like shot. weird and like fantastical a little bit. And like, I like the, like there's not like really a bad guy because the bad guy is like the main character. So you like love that bad guy, but also like the detective trying to do his job. He's just trying to do his job. And so it's, I like that sort of like at odds, like yeah. side are you on um, kind of thing. I thought Kim Reaper was like bubbly and fun and a little bit manic, but ultimately not like super into it, except for that, like the ending cliffhanger was so weird right. and like <laughs> crazy that I'm like, all right, what, what is going to happen with this? So, you know, maybe, Maybe we'll try both of those. Yeah. But keep getting Eleanor in the egret for me. Okay. So the, I can't believe it's, I mean, it's been. Has it been three weeks? It's It's been at least three weeks because Thor Ragnarok, that trailer came out a while ago, mm-hmm. but um, we just rewatched it to um, 
refresh. So that's how long it's been. Although we watched Star Wars, the Star Wars trailer, like four days ago. And yesterday I said we were probably going to hit on it. And you're like, did we watch it? We should watch it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, we watched it together. I made you watch it. <laughs> I remember some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Thor trailer looks looks pretty good. So fun. I know that the whole movie is not going to be just like arena fighting. But if it was, I would not be upset. <laughs> <laughs> If it was just like contest of champions, that that would be okay with me. Like, yeah, yeah it, it just. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's definitely. Um, I mean, it looks like a lot of fun, a lot more fun probably than the second Thor movie was. Yeah, that um, one was pretty dark. Yeah, we just obviously the dark world, but yeah. <laughs> fair enough. The, this one. This one looks like it has a lot of humor in it. And the, the trailer uh, does this thing that DC has been doing also with uh, like the Justice League trailers, like playing classic rock music over it. And Kate Blanchett, Blanchett, Blanchett. What does not matter? <laughs> Everybody knows I mean, who she is, whether I say it one way or the other. But she's she the looks villain. Amazing. Hella looks pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, like amazing. Like, yeah. how old is she? Like, 25? I know that she's not. 25. I know that she's not, but she is hot. Yeah. Like, she was 12 when she made the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> and she just, like, I don't, I mean, she looks amazing. And yeah. also, Thor with the short hair. I'm on board. Right. Also looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, the, the aesthetic looks really cool. That, you know, the... I saw a lot of stuff talking about how um, how heavily influenced everything looked by Kirby. Um, you know, they pointed out like the backgrounds and all that stuff, but I know even I noticed like at the end the Kirby crackle. Um, you know, those like black circles coming out around. But you know the you know what I'm talking about? Nope. <laughs> um, well. I would pull up a picture. I wish you had it ready already. I kind of have one ready. No. <laughs> I like Kirby stuff that has all that. Oh, that. So, aha. aha. Found it. <laughs> but, I did see that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is cool. And so I wanted to look it up to make sure I at least like called it what it was. And there's this whole wiki entry about just Kirby Crackle and like philosopher quotes about it. Philosopher <laughs> quotes. Yeah. Listen, to this. this is why I will never be um, one, a philosopher or two, um, have any deep thoughts on exactly anything? the things that are, that's right. <laughs> anything at all, especially pop culture. But like, this is uh when he's talking about Kirby Crackle, this Jeffrey, Kripal, uh says, for Kirby, the human body is a manifestation or crystallization of finely inexplicable energies, a super body. Um, Kirby trademark energetics signaled by burst lines and unique energy field of black bubble blobby dots. The final result was a vision of the human being as a body of frozen energy that, like an atomic bomb, could be released with stunning effects for good or for evil. These metaphysical energies, I want to suggest, constitute the secret source of Kirby's art. Huh. Yeah, so... Can you imagine that being your job? Like, just making up bullshit <laughs> about people's artwork that you don't know. 
I mean, not really. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that it's researched and studied, and he just didn't write stuff. But like, yeah, you I mean, know, he compared. Like, he, you don't know. He, I mean, I didn't want to read the whole entry, but there's also stuff about other energy philosophies, and it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, but anyway, Thor. That would be a fun, <laughs> a fun job. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a fun job. <laughs> Let's just look at uh, um, energy philosophy in comics. But cool. the other, the other trailer that really, uh, you know, was very exciting was the Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. Uh, plural or not plural? That's the big I argument, think it seems right? To, well, it was before the trailer. I guess probably still the trailer is. I mean, it's over two minutes long, but it's still kind of just like a teaser but then trailer. It's like the Jedi must end, right? So that's plural, but also the Last Jedi is like the last. Well, one. I think he was. To, I mean, to me, that was more of the idea of the Jedi. Oh, right? I don't know because I, don't I philosophize think, about trailers. <laughs> well. <laughs> I listened to a whole like forty minute podcast about just this two minute trailer, oh. but, <laughs> so uh, so people have um, oh, some I'm ideas. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, first of all, looks awesome. Obviously, it's coming out in December. Uh, they're I think mostly the trailer centers on Ray's training. You know, she found Luke Skywalker at the end of the last uh, movie episode. Um, episode and uh yeah i think i mean it it has those books which i i think are probably the wills which are like the kind of holy text i guess of the force okay um they're pretty ingrained in the lore of star wars but like deep where (laughs) you know um they're actually mentioned in rogue one and greg rucka has a a book coming uh, like a comic book coming out that deals with the wills, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it's mostly, or it's mostly Ray's training. And like you said, at, at the end, um, Luke Skywalker says that he thinks it's time for, or that he knows it's time for the Jedi to end. And I think, um, speculatively, I would say that that refers to more of like, like I said before, that the Jedi and the Sith, like that has to end and they're supposed to be like this balance, which, um, you know, Star Wars is, I I guess I get kind of, um, hazy on, um, who's supposed to bring balance to the force, whether it was Anakin or Luke, or if they were both at some point supposed to do that. And and I don't think it's Ray, but I think it's still Luke and it's his, um, you know, I mean, it's the whole Skywalker family, right? right? Like, it starts as like a this person will bring balance to the Force through actions they take, but it's always in the been future, like passed down, right? And it's all, but it's always been balanced. Like, there's you know, like a scale as opposed to just um, you know, all the light down the middle. <laughs> uh, but they did say. Or they have said that Ray's parentage will be addressed in the new episode, which, you know, it, it seems obvious that she would be Luke's daughter, but they might go like a completely different way. I've seen theories about how she might be uh, Emperor Palpatine's descendant, 
like her fight. They've even compared like fight styles in the movies. Um, huh. That should be fun. Yeah. So we'll see. I hope it's a big surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, the first poster came out, which is pretty sweet. Um, did you see it? Mm-mm. It's. Uh, do you have that ready I mean, to show me too? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have that one saved in my photos. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a classic looking Star Wars poster. Oh, yeah, that looks Ray fun. Ray in the middle, splitting uh, Luke and uh, Kylo Ren. Um, but anyway, so that's Star Wars and very exciting. Very. So I guess. Or Rock Candy Mountain next. Hmm? So you want to do Bullwhip or Rock Candy Mountain next? Oh, it doesn't matter. I have Colossal next. Oh, on my... Colossal. I forgot all we about can do... it. No, let's do Colossal. We can do Colossal. Okay. So we went to see Colossal, uh, on Friday night, last Friday. We mm-hmm. had to um, we had to go to a different theater than we're than we're Typically used to normally going, which was a little disappointing. But it's just a very limited release. It came out the weekend before, but only in like three theater, four theaters, like you know, probably mm-hmm. LA and New York. Yeah, anyone that I mentioned this to had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. So, um, but it's got uh, Anne Hathaway and. Um, Jason Sudeikis, mm-hmm. and of course, Dan Stevens, who's in everything now. Um, <laughs> right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's a very, I mean, it's an independent film. Oh, what's the dude's name? The director. <laughs> I, you got nothing for me? Got, I just assume that you are going to have this information. So. Yeah, you keep saying that. I know. And I keep not having it, so I don't know <laughs> when you're going to pick up the pieces. <laughs> I keep saying that in the hopes that you will just get on board. Nacho Vigalando uh, is the director, and he wrote it. Uh, it's funny. I actually uh, listened to like a two-hour-long podcast uh, with Kevin Smith uh, talking to the director about um, about this movie in particular. You know, they talk about a lot of other stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, he wrote the script, and his his agent was was actually came to him and was like, Anne Hathaway wants to read this script. Is it okay if I give it to her? And he was like, um, sure. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it does have, um, you know, a lot of star power for kind of a smaller movie. Right. Um, it's getting very, very well reviewed. Um, well, I really liked it, but it is not what I thought it was going to be. Right. So the trailer and the trailers, um, give you an idea of what's happening for the greater picture of the movie. But I went, I, I rewatched the trailer after we saw the movie and I'm, you know, kind of through a different lens mm-hmm. and it's, it's definitely a different movie than what the trailer kind of shows. I mean, it's still got, obviously it's all that stuff is still in there and it's still funny when you go see it in the theater. Right. There's definitely the comedy but there's also this way heavier, darker side yeah. that's like about abusive relationships. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, the basic premise of the movie is, you know, she, um, she's like an alcoholic and out of work and, you know, boyfriend kicks her out. So she has bottom. to move back yeah. home and she, you know, through a series of, um, 
funny little coincidences and research finds that that finds out that she is this kaiju that is appearing in Seoul, South Korea, um, at a certain time of day when she walks through, uh, a certain part of town. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, it is, um, you know, I used to, used to go to blockbuster video all the time, like so much that I was always running out of movies to rent. So I would rent like independent movies, mm-hmm. uh, without even watching trailers, just like reading the back. And I was pretty consistently disappointed because I either didn't get it or it just seemed boring. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that this movie is, um, when you go to see it, regardless of what you're expecting in the trail from the trailer, you can see that, um, independent streak. I mean, I, I love the movie. It uh-huh. was, it was yeah. very good. I'm not saying I was bored by it, but, um, I can see how, uh, and I think it is, it's doing relatively well for, cause it was a small budget and movie. a small release. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see how somebody would watch the trailer, go to the movie and kind of be disappointed right. if they're not ready for, um, that. I suppose though, if you went to see it, based solely on the trailer. Yes. But if you want to see it because you're familiar with the director and that kind of conceptual, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the director's stamp. Yeah. Yeah, So like on, then you of course wouldn't be. However, I've never, I don't think, what else have we seen by this guy? Nothing. nothing. Right. No, nothing. I, I went through his IMDb before when I couldn't remember his name. Uh, even after I went through his IMDb for his credits and I just, I didn't really see much that I had, um, that I recognized, but, uh, yeah, his definitely uses the movie to subvert like a ton of, of genres. But, but I mean, as far as also visually, it, I thought it was really, um, I don't know, beautiful. Like it was very small, but, yeah. um, you know, the bar and, the the town and just the way it was shot was all very um you know it's insert like in a town called school. Maidhead but it looks very <laughs> it looks it I mean it looks very New England New England it looks yeah. very North Shore Massachusetts right yeah uh, I'm not sure where they shot it but we should find that out mm-hmm. too I'm not gonna keep googling things on my phone but uh, yeah but back to what you said I mean it's definitely kind of um, has a a theme of liberated feminism versus toxic masculinity, I think is the way it was phrased in one of the articles I read. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how you wanted to talk about that as far as, um, I mean, through the cast even, maybe. Um, Anne Hathaway you were talking about girl boss and how the the main character is kind of an ass with no redeeming qualities. Whereas in this, yeah, I mean, that is a slight exaggeration. We don't need to get back into girl boss, but like, (laughs) it was just very hard to like her. Right. Anyway. But all that to say, Anne Hathaway's character in this Gloria, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Slowly. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming back. Um, But she, she definitely has, you know, a, a set of issues, but she uh, has oh. also that humanity and that 
Um, I mean, when she finds out what's happening on the other side of the world because of her actions and the actions of some others, um, you know, you can still really like that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Sudeikis' character, like I've always kind of... That was a surprise yeah. <laughs> for me, and I loved him in this role. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was really good. I've, good, so damn, like good at being damaged and yeah. crazy. Yeah, he, um, I guess I haven't really seen him in like a ton of stuff. He doesn't, I mean, he was Meet the Millers, is that what it's called? We Are the Millers. We Are the Millers, <laughs> always, every time. Yeah. Um, he's always funny. And yeah. he's always kind of understated. Um, and he is in this one, too. Um, I, I mean, I, this was, like, probably my favorite thing I've seen him in. I oh, mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was so good. Yeah. Um, really, um, like, emotionally believable and yeah. um, just scary. Like, he was scary. Right. Yeah. And the the movie does this thing where they kind of reel him back after, you know, and you, 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 you want to believe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he just, you know, he always, he always takes it a step further the next time he will, he's going to be, um, you know, yeah, re- we should own this and like, just watch it a lot. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not watch it a lot, but like, yeah, I, I really. So how did, how did the movie make you feel once, once it was done, I guess, you know, um, like kind of expected. To I mean, have like had sad, but also fun, hopeful. But, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, you didn't, I definitely didn't walk away feeling, oh, here's my pen clicking. Um, <laughs> I definitely didn't walk away feeling like, Ooh, that was like so fun and girl power or anything like that. But it was, um, Definitely, like, hopeful at the end and um, so, like, satisfyingly happy ending, but also with that bit of, I mean, it was bittersweet, you know, yeah. like. And even with the, the kind of um, surreal fantasy part of the movie, um, it just, it's um, it's very kind of based in the reality of how people deal with life mm-hmm. on a everyday basis. Um, the challenges and how they don't, they're not just going to stop, you know, at the end of the movie. Right. Um, but I don't know. Highly recommend uh, watching it. I don't yes. know if it's going to get an even larger release or if it's just going to kind of be, uh, be what it is. And be then what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very good. Very, so. very good. Did you have anything else on Colossal? No. It was rough. I had to look up a lot of stuff so far. <laughs> so far this episode. It's probably going to take a lot of editing. But um, you want to start with uh, Rock Candy Mountain, then we can finish with Bullwhip? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, this was a fun story, right? Yeah. I like it. And I don't know why you picked it out. I like the like cartoony feel of the yeah. of the art. So I picked it out because I'm gonna you know steal some of your um, your f- friendship bona fides here. But we are friends with uh, Doctor Andrew Kunkka, who has a podcast 
um, the Comics Alternative, and they had talked to Kyle Starks when he um, released Sex Castle. Are uh-huh. you still laughing about my claiming friendship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they had, you know, talked a lot about Sex Castle when he had released that, which was uh, more of a, a graphic novel. I hate to, I don't know if people like to use that term or not. I'm still a little hazy, know, but it's all it was one me. book and it was thicker than a regular comic book. Than <laughs> <laughs> your standard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but and then I saw this uh, in the in the previews catalog, mm-hmm. so I put it on our pull list. And then before we even got it, uh, Kyle Starks was on the Comics Alternative podcast again talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, which made me even more excited to read it. But um, yeah, it's I mean it's really funny. Um, the art is is very cartoony but fun, and uh, I mean the basic conceit is that it's um, about hobos and hobo culture and more specifically about this main character Jackson who is apparently being hunted by uh, amongst other things the devil and the authorities were they like cops that were chasing him when he jumped on the train yeah I mean you think so but yeah it's funny because he stole this he's searching for the mythical rock candy mountain which Mm -hmm. is the place that is talked about in this song Big Rock Candy Mountain. Which I like the history of the song. That's yeah, the essay in the back. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. And you know what? Meant to look up the song to listen to yeah. it. Still <laughs> never heard it. We should do that also mm-hmm. then as well. <laughs> but uh, it's got each each book is going to have like a quote from the song also, and I maybe more essays. I don't know. But um, but he's searching for this place, and the thing he stole, and those guys were chasing him in this book, which is funny because he opens it. He's looking for this Rock Candy Mountain place, and he opens it like he's looking for directions, and it just says Rock Candy Mountain with an arrow pointed one way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Hobo, an itinerant worker, um, and it's set in 1948, so after World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <clears throat> I don't know. The, um, the, the book is really funny. Um, lots of little jokes that are and like weirdly magical. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> he has he has punch diarrhea in their faces of the toilet bowl or whatever. Yeah, and uh, the dick in the wind trying to fuck a cloud. What? Like, I don't when remember he was, that one. When he's because you know the other hobos say he's looking for this mystical place, oh. um, which is just I mean it's never he's never going to happen. He's never going to find it. It's like trying to fuck a cloud, but. What do you have on, on the book? Because I just, I mean, I just, I really thought that the story was interesting, that the jokes were funny, the violence and hobo fights were um, quite entertaining. Uh-huh. I like he picks up the sidekick. The sidekick is funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pomona? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Where's he? Pomona Where? Slim. Pomona. Yeah. Hollywood Slim. Yeah. I, I lived in Pomona. <laughs> One of the things they talked about on the podcast was how they used to give out hobo names. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. Did you have anything else like no, about the I'm, book? I'm Just really enjoyed about it. It, it was yeah. yeah, it was really fun. The color palette was muted, like yeah. you know, almost monochromatic. You know, like with the sort of felt, um, like it was taking place in the past in like the era that yeah. it says that it is. Um, so that's 
cool. You really get that like vibe. Um, I, I thought it was super fun. I mean, I know they say that about a lot of things, but hmm. I like that there are bad guys that are like gangsters and, <laughs> you know, and right. The like this, mafia. <laughs> yeah. And like this, you know, we've got the hero, the sidekick, yeah. but like the bad guys, the kind of bad guys, All different the devil, kind of like chasing and, after them yeah, for different reasons, just, you know, like man on the run, just, just looking for, for his pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's, yeah. it's just a cool story. Yeah, we should revisit it. Um, I mean, we'll definitely keep reading it, but we should revisit it when uh, when there are some more issues out, mm-hmm. which I feel like we say about a lot of things. I never do. But Not never. Maybe if we record more than once every three weeks, we'll be able to. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Rock Candy Mountain from Image Comics. Uh, I guess Kyle Starks does the, the, you know, the story and the art. So, uh, but moving on to Bullwhip. Mm-hmm. Bullwhip number one um, by uh, Fanagraphics. Their first, from what I gather, their first foray into any like kind of superhero, superhero genre. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, the only reason I had even circled it in the um, previews catalog was the comics alternative guys were always talking about books from Fanagraphics. But mm-hmm. um, it was written by uh, Josh Bear and also. Um, with some writing, it had writing credits and the art for Benjamin Mara and tons of variant covers. And actually, I'm probably going to get a, a second copy of the number one issue just to get the, um, I don't remember which Hernandez brother Is the it, variant was. It's Gilbert Hernandez, right? <laughs> was it? I, I don't know. So. But it's very cool. Um, but the idea behind these uh not just bullwhip but it's the all time it's all time comics is like fanographic superhero um foray mm-hmm. which is my understanding kind of like season one is just six six issues uh with four different characters and we actually missed uh the first all time comics i'm gonna have to order that one probably from fanographics but mm-hmm. it's uh a bigger issue that introduces all the characters um, that are going to be in this, uh, this kind of run. I had them written down here, I thought. Oh, yeah. So there's Bullwhip, Crime Destroyer, Atlas, and Blind Justice. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This, um, this issue of Bullwhip uh, starts out at this concert where Bullwhip is already, you know, she's there on the stage and getting ready to fight off this. Um, right, it just sort of starts in the middle of the story. Right. The misogynist. Yeah. which (laughs) It's awesome. This (laughs) this is, I mean, this book is so, I don't even, I don't even know. Like it's so funny. I love how much dialogue is in it. Yeah. That sort. And like even the, like the thought dialogue. Yeah. I mean, you don't see that kind of dialogue in even superhero comics right. anymore. Like, I mean, that's very old school style of how things were done. Yeah. And I heard, um, uh, I mean, whatever. Yes. I listen to the comic alternative a lot. The, Josh <laughs> Bayer was on there. And I did they listen talked to, to that you one. Did listen to yeah, it yeah, yeah. where he talked about how, you know, 
people's first reaction is going to be to call it um, subvert subversive, but that's not the point. It's just kind of like a throwback to pulpy superhero. Yeah. Um, comic books as they, as they used to be. And you just, I mean, from everything from like the layout of the book to like the, the, the paper, the paper they yeah. use and the color, the way they do the color. Yeah. The, the color book, where it like, it's like it, the, an actual like four color comic book. Right. And it looks like, it was, you know, one color printed, then yeah. another color printed. And so sometimes they're sort of like yeah. off kilter, which is cool. Cause you, you know, that that's obviously done on purpose. Now it's not like accidental printing and yeah. it's just, um, so visually fun. Yeah. I mean, and the, the script is great. Like the, yeah. I mean, just the dialogue, the dialogue. between the two, uh, it's like whip, the best whip and, uh, thing that I've read in so long. Yeah. He's got these audio blasters that take his vitriolic words and turn them into like energy beams. I mean, it's so funny. Um, and then, like three or four pages in, they introduce this other um, villainous plotline and characters. These time traveling vampires who who rule the world in the future. Yeah. Um. I mean. It's, I know it's. <laughs> It's a lot, and it's in. I mean, like, there's a lot in that story. You don't feel like you're, you you definitely don't feel like what the hell is going on here. Like, right. there's enough in there that that shows you what's going on, but you're like, what? There's all Which this is funny because it's so different. You'd think they would have to ease you into like yeah, something, but no, they don't. And I was flipping through it so again, much action um, last night. And it, there is just, I mean, there's a ton in there. I don't know how many pages it is, but it doesn't feel like it's thicker than a regular comic No, book. it's just done well enough with yeah. enough stuff. And I mean, that I feel like that's missing in a lot of things that I read now is I'm, comics are a combination of, of the words and the pictures. I yeah. mean, it's not one or the other. And you really need both to, I feel like to get the most out of a really good book. Um, and that's the whole point. And a lot of contemporary comics writers are really just relying on fancy splash pages, which are fun and exciting and great to look at. But, um, you know, I mean, that's two whole pages of, of art which sometimes is my favorite thing about a book yeah. is the art, but like you're, you could use so much of that space for story. And sometimes it, it feels a little bit lazy depending mm. on the writer. Um, because you're getting that, like that punch of, of visual adrenaline, I guess from those pictures. But then by the time you end the book, you're like, well, what really happened? Not a whole lot, you know? Um, So you are making that choice. You're taking away from what could be some story. And that happens more and more. I feel like, you know, I mean, like how many, how many books do we read now that have more than one giant page of splash art? And that's, I just feel like that's getting lazy Um, for, I mean, you can, I'm not going to name names, but you can follow trends with certain writers who do that a lot where they're like, well, you know, we'll just, you know, 
Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's, I don't know, it's probably a lot easier to, um, try to rely on those kind of devices when you're writing, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 issue runs for a superhero who's had, um, a ton of stories told already. Mm-hmm. Or if you're writing seven books right now, yeah. you know, I right. mean, how much effort can you put into each one to really make the dialogue snap and the story snap with, with your words. Um, and then also the collaboration with, with the artists to make each of those panels, what they need to be with the script that you've written. I mean, that's a lot. And so taking on, a, you know, I mean, I can see yeah. how it happens, but it's not always, that doesn't always make it a smart book. Yeah. So this, um, I th- I'm pretty sure this is the only issue of Bullwhip that's going to be in the first six issue run. She's in other books, but, uh, I think, I think five of the issues are out already. So we're going to have to get on grab that. them all. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, We'll probably, I mean, we could probably talk about it again once we've uh, read the rest of the All Time mm-hmm. Comics run, um, because it's really good, really, really fun, really, really fun. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, yeah. Uh, is that it? Is that everything? I think it is. I mean, I closed oh. my notes because I didn't have anything else. <laughs> so, I mean, um, I've watched some stupid things here and there all week, but nothing worth talking about. So, mm. Well, all three weeks. Mm. Good to bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying I had notes on something else because I was trying this new thing where like anytime I did something without you, I wrote it down and tried to like, you know, so I'd have more to talk about instead of being like, I got nothing. Like I did like the last like three weeks, I think, or three episodes so far. Um, But we are done. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I guess that'll be it. We're uh, we'll probably record again um, pretty soon. Yeah, let's try. Yeah. Um, but uh, until then, I guess we'll we'll just talk later, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smooth wrap up. It was fun. <laughs> it was smart. We liked it. <laughs>